Theodore Roosevelt, our 26th president of the United States of America, is credited with the quote, comparison is the thief of joy. Today, I want to take a little break from politics and share something with you that's deeply personal to me. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Blaining Podcast. I'm also the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington, but more importantly, I'm a wife. I'm a mom of four. I also run a social media marketing business where I work with small businesses to make them look good online. So I wear a lot of hats, and as I mentioned, I'm a mom of four. And every August, it seems that my Facebook feed is filled up with parents taking their kids off to college, parents going school shopping and posting pictures of their kiddos first day of school. And I love it. I love being having that way of connecting. As a mom who went through a great deal of trauma with my kids, I was divorced in 2009. And then as I mentioned in my episode yesterday, I went through three years of court battle to protect my kids, and my kids were going through a great deal of trauma. I was going through a great deal of trauma. And so it was very difficult for me to see other people posting pictures of their kids and these supposedly perfect happy lives that they were putting on social media. And I latched on to this quote maybe about 10 years ago, comparison is the thief of joy. Because I would find myself looking at these posts and feeling like I was gypped or my kids were gypped. And um, I really felt myself being negatively impacted by comparing what I was going through to other people's journeys in life. And so I latched onto it and I thought, okay, I'm not going to compare myself. I try very hard not to, um, you know, I've come a long way since then. I'm no longer in the thick of this trauma and going through this crisis with my children. And so I have a much different perspective now, 10 years later. And even during that time, um, I started doing competitive bodybuilding in 2008. So even 10 years ago, you know, I was still in competitive bodybuilding and I spent most of my adult life in as a fitness professional. And so whether I was, you know, I owned a gym for a while, I was fitness coaching people, I did nutrition coaching. And so part of my job was teaching other people not to compare themselves to the progress and the journeys of other people. And as we had the sort of explosion of social media, I would say around 2010, I feel like 2008 was when, in, uh, sorry, Facebook really took off. And then it seemed like 2010, thereabouts, Instagram started to get more popular and have people posting there more. And in the bodybuilding world, in the fitness world, Instagram was a huge place for people to post, you know, progress pictures and their fitness journey. They'd post meals. You know, it seemed like you couldn't eat a meal without posting it on Instagram or Facebook. Like, did you eat, though? If you didn't post it, did it happen? And so there's always been with social media this breeding ground for comparison. And so as I work to coach my clients in not comparing themselves to the journeys of others, I had to also teach myself not to compare my journey, my experiences, my children, my family, my relationships with those that of others. 
And it's a journey. It's a, you know, I don't think we ever arrive. I think our whole life is a journey. I think it's human nature for us to compare ourselves to others. And it's just one of those things that we have to kind of catch ourselves and remind ourselves that my journey is unique. My journey is special and I don't need to compare it to anyone else. Well, as I mentioned, I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see people taking their kids off to college, which I love. I mean, I've had a lot of my Facebook friends I've had since 2008. So my kids were itty bitty kids. My son would have been like four or five. And so we all have kids that are about the same age that are all kind of in the same stage of life. And it's just, it's fun to see where other people are at. And and even though we may not see each other as much as we used to, you can kind of still keep tabs on what they're doing and what their kids are doing and how everybody is. And it's great. And I was, I was thinking about, you know, I don't post a whole lot about my kids online. I don't post first day of school pictures. I don't, my son wouldn't even let me post a graduation picture. My son graduated in June and he refused to let me post any pictures of him, which I totally understand. It's, that's, you know, I, I do have issue when I see parents posting their pictures or stories about their kids potty training. I think, how's your kid going to feel like 20 years from now when mom's got pictures of me pooping on the potty and getting M&Ms? I just, I just think it's weird. Anyway, so my son graduated from high school in June and he is getting ready to go off for college. This whole idea of comparison is the thief of joy and seeing these pictures brought me back to a time a few years ago. Four years ago, my son, who had been through that trauma I spoke of 10 years prior, four years ago, I had made a decision to have my son go through a wilderness therapy program. My son had been in therapy and counseling, and he just wasn't doing well. Uh, Children who have been through trauma often they um, can start to to do better. But then as they go through puberty, things kind of start to shift and they can sort of struggle in other ways because of the trauma that they had as a child. And this was definitely impacting my son. And I was at a point watching my son thinking, if something drastic doesn't happen, my son is going to go down a very bad road. And I almost felt like he was he was already down the bad road and I didn't know if I could reel him back in. And so in the spring of 2018, I made a decision for him to do a wilderness therapy program in Arizona. It's called Anasazi Foundation. And I will put a link in the notes because if you know of anyone with a teenager that is going down the wrong road or is just really struggling um, with any kind of mental health issue, I really, we love this program. Our family loves this program. These people at Anasazi are truly amazing. And this program, uh, it was a seven week program that my son did, we had to go down, we took him down there, and um, went through all the parent training before the kids go off to the wilderness for seven weeks. And they do not, it's not tent camping, they are making friction fire, they get a bag of food once a week. And um, they go through this amazing process, this amazing journey with their with the team at Anasazi. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things like when we dropped my son off, I thought, I don't like we're gambling here. And this is a $35,000 gamble. And gosh, I sure hope it works because I don't know what else is going to help my son. 
And then at the end of the seven weeks, the parents all go down and they go to what's called family camp. And they take the parents out onto the, the trail and you spend uh, two nights out there with your kid. And all of the parents and their kids are in like different places. So you're not like all together as a big group. It's just you and it was my uh, fiance. He was not my husband at the time. He's my husband now. And the, it was so it was just the three of us. And my son was the one that knew how to do all the things, which is brilliant to me that they would set it up this way because it's not just like your kid goes off and does this wilderness experience and then comes home and they're back in your house with your rules. The way they reunite you is they bring the parents out into the kid's world and the kid has the upper hand because the kid knows how to survive out there and the parents are going to have to work with the child to be able to eat, to be able to make camp, to do all of these things. And it's really a brilliant strategy. And it was an amazing experience for our family. And um, it was life changing for my son. And then he came home and he started high school. And he didn't do well in traditional high school. His first semester, he failed two classes. And he was really struggling with anxiety of, you know, being in, we, we live in a, a very big school district. So the high school that he went to had just a ton of kids and he was just one of hundreds of kids. And so he asked if he could go to the alternative school in our school district. And so we set that up and he started going there and there were several staff people at his school. I mean, he would go into a classroom and be like one of three to five kids sometimes. And so he got more one-on-one attention. He had teachers who really understood where he was, what he was going through, that he needed a little extra help. And the program was, the education was totally tailored to each student, which was, is really cool. So we were excited that he had that opportunity. And then his sophomore year, halfway through sophomore year, COVID hit. And then he was online and he actually never went back to school in person. But he had already connected with his teachers and a couple of them really took him under their wing and would really reach out to him, you know, especially during COVID to check on him, make sure he was okay. He ends up graduating in June and and he did really well, but he goes to this school where they don't have a GPA. And so all he had for a GPA was from his freshman year, that first trimester, that first semester of freshman year, where he had failed two classes. So I think his GPA was like a 1.6. And my, my kid is amazing. I mean, from a young age, he has been an entrepreneur. He would make these coding things for games. He's totally self-taught with coding. And I'm not even going to try to use technical terms because it's all way over my head. He and my husband can talk about it like for days, but uh, it's it's like a foreign language to me. So he at like sixth grade, maybe even fifth grade, he was making these coding projects and he was earning money. And then, you know, as soon as he was old enough to to work here at, at 14 and a half, he went to work. He was dishwasher in a restaurant. He kind of worked his way up a little bit there. And then when he was 16, he got a job at Starbucks and worked all through COVID and he worked, you know, through school and through his senior year. And I I didn't really ever expect that he would go to college. He had never really expressed interest in it. There were a lot of days there before COVID happened where I couldn't even get him out of bed to go to school. And I'd be like the mom in the bedroom yelling, if you don't get up, you're going to be homeless. If you don't go to school, you're going to be homeless. You won't be able to get a job. Okay, I was maybe a little bit dramatic, but I would I would come unhinged, I admit it. 
Well, one day last fall, he came to me and he said, Mom, do you think that I could get into, insert school name here, it is a private Christian college in Washington State. And I said, well, I don't know. I mean, let's, the one good thing about a private school is that they take into consideration special circumstances, which you have, you don't have a GPA, and you'd probably do really do really well on the SAT test. So why don't you go for it? And I'll do whatever I can to help you. And so he did. He had several mentors in his life that wrote really great letters of recommendation for him. And he had to write a series of three different essays for his application. And his first, they were all based on the same theme. And his first essay um, just about gutted me. And in that essay, he talks about the decision his mom made that changed his life and the decision that I made for him to go to Anasazi. And he talks a lot about learning to make fire out of sticks. I mean, he literally had to make fire from sticks and talked about that internal flame. And it's really a beautiful essay. And I don't want to share too much detail because it's his story to tell. I was so freaking proud of my kid when I read this essay before he, you know, he had sent it to me to edit it before he submitted it. And I was so proud. And I thought, gosh, even if this kid doesn't get in, he is going places. And his other two essays were also very good and, and along the same theme of this learning to make fire and keeping your inner fire burning. And as I see these pictures of other kids and their parents going off to college, and it's beautiful and I love it. And I think about my own son. And I think about my own son and those years that I wondered if he was even going to make it. And during those years, I would always feel, I think, a sense of a loss of sadness when I would see pictures of my friends who had kids the same age, where we had maybe had kids that, you know, played together and grew up together. And and I felt a sense of loss and sadness because I didn't know how my son's story would end. And obviously his story hasn't ended. He's only 18 years old. But it made me think today when I was looking through my Facebook feed and I saw all these posts and I caught myself because through the years, I realized that I had been comparing my journey and the journey of my children to other parents and their kids and seeing when their kid would get an award at school or win a football game, or get an award for a sporting event. And I didn't know if my kid was going to make it. And I think when we are struggling, especially, and we see the lives of other people, and they look like they're perfect and happy, we have this inclination to compare ourselves. And it's easy to have a pity party and, and feel like a victim and wonder, why me? Why my kids? And I think this is easy for all parents I think it's easy for all parents to, and maybe you're not a parent, maybe, you know, maybe you're a bodybuilder and you're comparing yourself to other people who are competing as well. Or maybe you're trying to lose weight and you're following some other people on Instagram who are also on a weight loss journey and you're comparing yourself to them. We all have our ways that we compare ourselves to other people and we miss out on the moment. And as I was reflecting back on this today and how I have been tempted to compare 
my children's journey and my journey and things I've done in my life to the journeys of other people, I realized that I've missed out on the joy of watching God work amazing things. And every day I get better at it. And as I've been reflecting on my son's journey, I've realized how even though my son is not close to God, I don't even think my son would call himself a Christian, but I see where my prayers as a mother, where the prayers of so many other people in our support system have prayed for my son. I see how these prayers have been working and I can see how God has had his hand on my son. My son got accepted into this private school that he applied to with his 1.67 GPA. He also got a 50% scholarship because I forget what it's called. It's like the faith scholarship or something like that, where they believe they have faith in you that you're going to do big things in life. And my son knows exactly what he wants to do with his life. He's going to be a computer science major. And he really is like smart enough and talented enough that he could probably go get a really good job already. But he knows that to, you know, command the kind of salary that he would like to have the kind of lifestyle he wants, he does need to have a college degree. So he's one of those kids that has known for a long time exactly what he wanted to do. College, I don't think is for everybody. I know for me, I kind of wasted away a year and a half of a private four-year college, not really knowing what I wanted to do. And um, so, but I, my son definitely is different from me in that he knows where he, what he wants to do, and he will definitely go in that direction. But what a joy it was for me today to realize how God has been working and how amazing this kid's journey has been and how he has just persevered and persisted through really, really challenging times that no kid should ever have to face. No child should have to go through what my son went through. And so I share this with you because it is that time of year where kids are going off to college and kids are going back to school and you're going to see people posting on Facebook about their kids going off to college and first day of school pictures. And it's hard to resist that temptation of comparing your own journey and your family to everything you see on social media. And I just want to remind you that God is good and God sees you and he has a special journey just for you and your family. And while it may not make sense to you, and it may not feel good a lot of the time, and you may look outside at what people are posting on social media, and it looks like a really pretty picture, which by the way, we could do a whole episode on what people post on social media versus the reality that they're going through. So we don't want we want to take that at face value. But I just want you to take that moment where you feel inclined to compare to sit back and reflect on what God is doing in your life and the purpose he has for you right now and in the future and where you are in your journey is unique and it's special and God has a plan just for you and just for your children. Comparison is indeed the thief of joy. So let's have more joy and less comparison, and let's enjoy these moments and what God is doing for us because he is always working and he is always good. 
friends, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for listening to my very personal story today. If you've got a topic idea you'd like me to talk about on an upcoming episode, I'd love to hear from you. All of my contact info is in the notes, and I look forward to chatting with you again next time. 